Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. And now your host, Kyle Ruff. And welcome to the Steamboat Comedy Podcast, everybody. Let me check my sound level. Looks pretty good. All right. Joining us today is Mr. Reed Belmonte. Say hello, Reed. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And also, special guest friend of the show, the headliner of Comedy in the Park 1 and Comedy of the Park 2, Mr. Pat Truer. Hey, Steamboat! (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to rumble. (laughs) Thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Uh, Great job last night. Dude, you too, man. Uh, so we just finished. This is the morning after uh, Comedy in the Park 2. And I want to say quick, obviously, thanks to everyone who came out, if you're listening. Tremendous success. Couldn't be happier with it. And everyone who helped out setting up. Uh, all the comedians performed, did great jobs. And uh, just a great night, man. I couldn't be more happy with how it went. I'm back-to-back wonderful audiences mm-hmm. that we had. Back-to-back yeah. both shows. And you, you ran a great show. I... Thanks again for having me back. I was just so excited to, to come out. The excitement began not when you first asked me. It began about two weeks ago when uh, I had some friends that I hadn't spoken to in about a year and a half send me a, a photo text message of them walking over some bridge and steamboat and the poster. Oh, and nice. Said, Good luck at the show, which I thought was so cool. I had no idea. I haven't talked to them in a year and a half. They saw the poster that you made, and then they sent that to me with the, the double pat on the poster. Yep. <laughs> I got Then I got super excited right there. And Hell then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's funny, too, because the city got really mad at me for putting posters on that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, it made me feel good. So, uh, But I thought you did a really great job. I thought amazing. The setup was fantastic. Also, the lights, critical, as you were spot on yeah. on that. that when yeah, that, that it worked sun, out. That got dark quick there on the second show. No kidding. And that was the first show. It was it was bright the whole time. And so I didn't. I kind of didn't think about it until almost the last minute. And I was like, oh, it's going to get dark at 730. Uh, and, yeah, I just use – I actually – I have a green screen here in the Kyle Ruff home studio, the comedy studio, and that came with some lights, like this light kit. And so I just bust those out. They worked really well. About as good as I could have hoped that they would work. You yeah, know? absolutely beautiful setting. So, question as a producer, what do you think? Let's start with the first show. What's um, well, everyone in the first show, the only one who ate shit was me. So <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> Honestly, it was like a warm up for you. Your second, uh, your second bit was great. Yeah, it was really, really funny. And uh, in the first one, it. I don't know. Like you just you had a few. Yeah, you had definitely had a few moments where you're just like, all right, then. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to make excuses for myself, but I will. I would say that the <laughs> the the opening joke I had I used for the first show is a, like a joke about uh, being a Kyle and like how the the Internet stereotype is that Kyle's all drink monster and like like monster trucks and shit. As they do. As they Well, I mean, it's all true, obviously. obviously. But I did. Um, I did a little bit on that and it just went right over everyone's head. Because there was like the first audience uh, definitely was a little bit older than the second audience, I would say. So that just that right away just like tanked. 
And when your first joke tanks, you're kind of like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ultra ketchup. Yeah. Exactly. And I so the second one, I just scrapped that whole thing. And I just replaced it with nothing, and it worked out a lot better. Well, I replaced it with the one little joke I threw at the end about Tinder, which was much better. Which always works. Yes. And also my ripping off the pants gig went a lot a lot smoother the second time, too. I was kind of struggling. Maybe maybe a little bit drunker of a crowd the second time. That's true. <laughs> a little bit drunker of a me, too, the second time, so that helped. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was great. But the first show, um, let's see. Who's in the first show? Reed did a great job. And Spencer, both. Spencer uh, had a rocking set. Dude, Spencer had a rocking set. Spencer had a really great start, too. He just, like, he with his attitude up there, he's just like, so I'm smart. Like, yeah. I automatically just started dying. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer's got this, this quirky demeanor, and when it hits, man, it fucking hits so well. I think I've told, I've said this before on the podcast, we've talked about it, but the, the hardest I've seen anyone ever kill in the steamboat comedy world is spencer really we did we did a show at butcher knife i don't think you were there for that one nope it's the first show we did at butcher knife brewing the place that we did our first show together bat so before that we did when it was like a service industry night uh at the end of the season and spencer did this bit about uh they they send out this like questionnaire to like everyone who comes to the resort and it's what's up Oh, hey, bud. Hey. Oh, Drew's here. Oh, God damn Welcome, it. Drew. What is it? <laughs> Your phone is uh, right over there, bud. Uh, uh, 48 years old, you're picking up your phone from people's houses. <laughs> I was going to set up another mic, but the, uh, the other cord is in uh, Jared's car, and he's at work. But Drew's here. Drew's live in the studio. Great job last night also. Thank you. I have no mic, so. <laughs> He's a micless man, but he does have a phone. He's no longer a phoneless man. <laughs> but yeah, we were just talking about the first show uh, was great, which Drew here had a 10-minute feature in, and I thought it was awesome. Been terrific. Yeah, fantastic yeah. job. Tell us about how you think it went. <laughs> no, I had a good time. It was great. Um, uh, you know, it's always difficult to try to come up with all new material. But I thought I did pretty good. I, I threw a joke in from the last part. Was that set the all new? Or did you- yeah, the only thing that wasn't new was uh, the Susan Smith joke about driving my family into a oh, lake. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, that one I used last time at the park show. But uh, uh, last time I did a joke about the different schools in Colorado and the nicknames that we have for them. And this time I switched it out with the uh, Amazon packaging facility joke. Which, comparing it to Willy, Won- Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, it's just which is excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah fantastic. thank you, yeah. thank you. So, uh, it's just, you know, most of those jokes are just something I'm sitting on the couch, and that's what I think of when I see it. I'm like, no way, dude! Could you imagine <laughs> a brown river flowing through an Amazon packaging facility? I mean, <laughs> that's industrial waste, <laughs> not chocolate. Yeah, that, that line, he was like, that's not something Augustus Gloog would drink. I was yeah, like, yes. That's so, good. that's so great. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. So thanks for having us. Thanks for doing the show and everything. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for, for coming out and killing it. Um, but yeah. And then this guy. And then, yeah, Pat. That did an awesome job. Funny guy. Uh-huh. Sometimes. <laughs> no, you, you, I thought you had a really great set. I really enjoyed the Amazon. And I like, I don't, you, when I went up, 
I, you see, I'm trying to incorporate everything that people have already seen. So you had the Willy Wonka. I love Willy Wonka. I absolutely love it. The book, the movie, mm. uh, not the most recent movie, the original. No. But I never saw the Johnny Depp. But, it, it, like, but then yeah. I could implement that, right? And it's so like the importance of just like, my sets last night. I just went up and like I'm going to figure it out when I get on the stage. I have like I know I'm going to close with the joke, my grandpa's joke. <laughs> but beyond that, like I just want to build off of everything that's been set. So when you said Willy Wonka, I was like, that's a whole new <laughs> factory that I have yeah. to work with right there, <laughs> which yeah. is wonderful. And I was cracking up, and Craig as well. That's fantastic. And I loved Kyle when you ripped off those pants. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I Try to get the cheap laughs whenever I can, you know what I mean? It was entertaining, you know? You got up there, and you said, you you just went right to it, I noticed, and then I recognized a lot of what I was, will still do, of just like, hey, anybody from out of town? Yeah, cool. And then <laughs> yeah. on to the next one, of like, mm. I'd like to see, I think it would be fun to watch you play with that more. Oh, sure. Of opening yeah. that up, right? Because the host is such a, ch- host producer is such a challenging role, right? Yeah. Because you've got so much on your mind. It just kind of is tough because I don't have as much time to like chill and warm up before the show because mm-hmm. I'm running around figuring yep. out people are like, Kyle, where does this go? And like, yeah. can this guy come in? He didn't sign up. And like, former like, sends you a text message about, hey, I got to do this, this, and this. Yeah. No. Miles needs a ride. He has yeah. a flat tire on his bike. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. a thing. Kyle, like, uh, I remember like you were disappointed about your first set. And while you were at the table, like checking people in and looking at the donations and everything like that, you were switching it over to doing the tinder thing for the second thing while you were like operating this entire system yeah so it just goes to show when you're on the fly you're like i guess i could do this i could do this i need about 30 seconds before i could do it you know yeah. <laughs> it's just it's work from like used to it from like management and the mount which is also a thing i do like the last couple of day i'm sitting here editing the podcast while i'm on the phone with someone like all right so who do you want to bring back next year like what's the what's the review you'd give uh Sarah on her review for the mountain and so I'm like oh yeah I need to do this while I'm like clicking and editing and doing all this shit so mm-hmm. that's hard like especially you're the host producer you're responsible you're it's your name everyone's looking for you and right. then, like it's hard because you you deal with things and then like you have patrons coming and they throw questions that you're like I don't know I have no <laughs> yeah, idea right. what I'm supposed to do right figure now like, I don't you're 58 years old figure it out Especially because no, there's there's no one from the Botanic Gardens helping out yesterday, <laughs> which was weird. The last time, the one guy like sat in, yeah, and was there. Well, that's a good sign. That means that you got you got to go. And they trust I guess I got their trust. Yeah, yeah which was a hilarious too. segue. Your entire act too, being like, "This isn't bothering me at all. That nobody's helping me here." <laughs> like, yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's like the donation <laughs> jar that doesn't exist because I didn't think about it, and they brought one last time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man just calling things out and that's i think maybe that's the big difference in your first set and your second set is you were much more relaxed and you would find like all right great we had a first show right. that was the observation on my part of like you're more relaxed okay cool now i can have a good time i could be here and like not yeah. have to worry about getting everyone checked in and make everyone separate and all these different details yeah. definitely the the nerves were a lot calmer for the second show for sure yeah. I, I still re- very clearly remember my first joke at the Oak, the first show we had. Mm. And I was running around doing everything, sound, mics, people checking in, tickets, yep. all of it. And I had an eight-minute set prepared, and I got up, and I grabbed the microphone, and I totally blanked. Just <laughs> yeah. totally blanked. So much <laughs> stared, I stared at the ground for about three seconds. and like, oh, no, what am I going to say? And thankfully, I guess I don't have a, a, a no-shit face. 
<laughs> rather stoic. My friend says, "Oh, it just looked like you were just getting people calmed down." I was like, "Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was absolutely. Whatever like, said, what was happening? Oh, yeah. I was just no, I totally blanked on my entire set. <laughs> yeah. There's been other times where I've been hosting shows where I've gotten up and there's so much going on, and I and I just I choke and I I just get this. I take the sack and I yeah. just bring up the first comedian instead of like getting my job. Like, uh, you know, I'm just, just like, punt. okay, we got a great show and our first comedian is you know, <laughs> totally just throw the first comedian under the bus and just because I was not in the right. I mean, you know, I didn't learn how to handle that. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, all of that obviously comes with experience, but that's that's my biggest nightmare is forgetting my material. Always, it's my biggest nightmare. I I was watching. I did uh, in this summer. I do bits. There's a little variety show they do in town. The uh, why am I blanking on the name of it? Oh, the the super fun show they call it. And there was one performance where I was forgetting my material in the middle of it, like what I was gonna do next. And I kind of have this thing where I just go. <laughs> That's like I like try to laugh through it. Is how I get through it. But and, you're like screaming inside. Yeah, inside. Like, <laughs> fuck, fuck. But I I watched uh, like on stage. Obviously, it was like a panic. But I was watching it, like, uh, the video of it, like, the next day, and I saw that nervous laugh, and I, like, saw it, and I just started sweating. Because it just, like, <laughs> like, put me in that mindset, which it also, it was, like, way shorter than, of course, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a minute, but it was, like, 10 seconds, like, I couldn't remember my material. But just just seeing it and hearing the laugh and knowing what it was and remembering the feeling, I just literally started pouring sweat on yeah. the spot. Fucking hate it. <laughs> I uh, I got uh, interrupted abruptly only once, and it was at Barley, and I was doing a joke. Uh, it related to Texas. I think it was a, that Texas Week joke that oh, I do. Yeah. And somebody in the middle of the audience just goes like, "I'm from Houston," and I was just it was like, that chick Molly who came up after. Yeah, you. and I was just <laughs> like, "I know you have to tell everybody everywhere you go," and I got a, like a little <laughs> bit. Of, <laughs> I got a little bit of a laugh, but then I was like. Just three. Oh no! And I had like that little moment, like fuck, and it was silent. And you're counting every second. You're like, oh no, oh my god! And then I finally jumped back into it. But that was like, I'll go back and think about that part of that joke. And it is like this mini panic attack. Yeah, it is terrifying. Which makes me like, you know, which is so much fun watching Pat because as much as I can rehearse this entire Craig skit. I watched Pat and I was like, oh my God, I had zero interac- inter- uh, interaction with the audience. Yeah. Like completely. Yeah. Where like you seem like you don't even need material sometimes. You just go up there and you're just, just crowd so work. fucking comfortable with like pointing out people and on the fly. Dude, the George Lucas Stallone guy was perfect. That Immediately <laughs> <laughs> when you look at him, you're like, oh duh, like oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and I barely had any of that. So it goes to show like even, even if I can ha- handle a heckler, even that will throw me off, let alone rolling with something or the bird going over you at a right. certain point and whatnot. Right? I did get distracted. Did you see the size of the fish in that Osprey's claw? Dude, like couldn't stop. Holy you couldn't cow. like continue anything. No, it was awesome. <laughs> it was like Colorado, <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. It's like Queen of the Dragons just flying over the top. <laughs> and then it flew back, right? It clearly went and fed the family and just flew back. And I was like, yeah. another Osprey goes by. Great. Back to the grocery store <laughs> for the Osprey. Yeah. Dude, that was awesome. Did you see the, the uh, comet at the end of the show? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was just about to ask yes. you. Yes. Dude. I across the street. I already left. Yeah. yeah. We were all in the yard over across the street. And we were like, whoa, look at that. That was so cute. It was like five seconds. Dude, it was huge. Like, like Jared saw it first and he's like, look, 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 yeah. look, look. And it was this huge, it was right when the show ended. And yep. it was dark. And this big red comet went 
went all the way across the sky. It looked like space trash to me. I mean, it, it could like, be space trash. Yeah, you're looking at space trash. I was like, this is a sign. This is my future. This is. I was having this moment. I had an edible, but I was. I was like, wow, this is a sign right now. Oh, dude, that's literally what happened. It it tore through the sky right as the show ended, and we're all like, you know, super high on everything. We're so happy about the show, and I just said, if that's not a sign, man, I don't know what is. And Spencer was right next to me, and he just goes, probably a sign of the apocalypse or something like that. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, thanks, Spence. He's like, yeah, we're all gonna die. No matter. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Eeyore. Yeah, oh, Eeyore Spencer. Saying, listen, My house is going to blow over anyway. If these right. are the distractions that we have to work with in shows moving forward, I'm 100% okay with yeah. it. Instead Ospreys of like a wasted person in like a <laughs> disease-filled comedy club. Right. right? Absolutely. I'm going to have an aw- a beautiful Osprey with the sun and a meteor going over. Instead of a tray dropping. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. No shit. Yeah, I'd say there's there's worse venues to have. Yeah. And I, yeah, the the space we have there is great. I just wish we could fit more people there. Is the only problem, you know what yeah. I mean? Because we we're limited to sixty three, and you could probably fit two hundred people on that yeah. lawn. But it was but, sweet though. It was great. Yeah. I think you could hear the audience laughing. They were engaged. Oh yeah, uh, having a great time. And uh, you know, you mentioned earlier about forgetting material. And you're talking. What I was doing in both shows was just looking at audience members because I thought I went into both shows. I thought there's just one joke in each show that I want to tell. That was my goal, and then talk to people. And so it was like essentially just planning reminders by going around and looking at everybody with the lookalike game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like okay, if I reach that spot where I forgot what I was gonna do, then, you know, you then I back. can look at yeah. that person. That's it, and then have a reference, and then right, you know, it was the, the Zach De La Roach guy. What what did you what was Zach it? De La Roach meets uh, Seth Rogen? Yes, uh, yes. knocked up Seth Rogen. Yeah, and yeah. uh, my favorite one though was uh, Bill Nye, science guy that, meets Pat Riley. Yes, heat days. Heck, that I was low that. key brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people appreciated that one enough. It was fucking. Like, I was like, yes. Half the audience knew who Bill Nye was, and the other half knew. Who yeah, Pat half were nerds who know Bill Nye, the other half don't know sports. That's so true. <laughs> Well, it was like a wide, we had a huge variety of audience members. So the, I made the comment of, listen, I got to make a lot of different references. We got a lot of people <laughs> clearly from different backgrounds right. here. You were that like that one lady, you were like, Sophia Loren. And she's like, oh, you're like the younger Sophia Loren. <laughs> <laughs> Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> Those people were nice. Yeah, yeah, the Bond year, Sophia Loren. And then the, the little kid with the white hat was actually... I just watched this movie called Dinner with Hervé, who's about that actor. He's a French actor. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot whatever the, about the that movie. Correct, yeah. correct term is very short actor. Little person, I think, Little is the person. preferred nomenclature. Yeah, I would yeah. know. <laughs> he, he, anyways, it's an incredible story. It's like one of my favorite movies about this reporter who went out with him. And that's the only reason I knew so much about because I watched this movie. I saw that little kid and I was like, okay, we got a lot. We got an older crowd here. They know Fantasy Island. Right. Gonna, they know exactly who yeah. I'm talking about. And if not, and just the fact that. It's a scavenger hunt going on behind us with kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the first show, we had a little girl talking to ducks. Yeah. Oh, God. I actually, um, I forgot. I uh, I put out that video, and one of the things that pops up on YouTube is like, is there children in this video? And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, there is a child yeah. in this video. <laughs> yeah. And I had, to, like, I had to like read through like three paragraphs of like, am I going to go to prison for pedophilia if I put up this video? And it was like. It basically it was okay. I left it in, but it was uh it was like there's a lot of rules. Like if a, if a child is in your video, there's a shitload of rules about what can be posted. Oh yeah. But we Noted. were good. 
All we right, actually so. we lost. Uh, we got demonetized on that video because Matt came out to a Beastie Boys song. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, YouTube's like, you can't make any money. Not that it matters because we're about five hundred thousand subscribers short of being monetized on YouTube. So it, we didn't lose anything. But so you're saying there's a chance? So, <laughs> right? I think we have sixty three <laughs> subscribers, so we're well on the way. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So that the first show was great. I said Drew killed it in the feature spot, and then it was Spencer, Andre, and Reed. No, no, Andre was in the second one. Oh, that's right. You switched. Yep. Who was the other person? Oh, Jared. Jared. Yeah, Jared did great too. I think Spencer had his best show. Yeah, Spencer. I well, I was gonna say I I was telling a story earlier. He had a really great show on Butcher Knife one time. Uh, Especially when you were coming in, he did a joke about uh, surveys from the mountain. And he brought it around like a this like tremendous callback uh, about like a, a ski instructor at the end. Like someone like breaks their leg and he's like, I got some questions like, can you feel your legs? Are you OK? Like, is there uh, like anyone I need to contact? And also on a scale of one to five, how much <laughs> likely are you to recommend Steamboat to a friend? And the way he set it up, like it blew the roof, yeah. like it literally blew the fucking roof off yeah. the brewery. But uh, top to bottom, though. For a five-minute spot, I think that was ten minutes he did before. For a five-minute spot, that was probably Spencer's best five minutes I've seen. Oh, he did great. Well, especially compared to last show's manifesto. Yeah, right? <laughs> he definitely redeemed himself. Just talking. I think last <laughs> last time he just had some pent-up Spencer things. He didn't see the Archduke Ferdinand joke that went on forever. The Archduke Ferdinand joke? Yeah. Which one was that one? Here, I'm going to give you the mic. Sorry to be the outside guy just screaming from across the room. <laughs> but uh, the Archduke Ferdinand, you know, that was the, what, the, uh, the assassination that started World War I. Oh, yeah. And she- it was at the Chief Theater. And he did an entire set based upon the, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Yes. I was in the back just laughing at the fact that who the, who the fuck does a joke about, <laughs> about something that you learned in like sixth grade history. Like, but it was funny, but it was so beyond everybody in the crowd that most people were just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah, I forgot about that. So he, he it was That's funny. chief. And he was in the the feature spot there too. Uh, he was right before me, and he did the uh, this. It was basically a whole race. He's never done it. He never practiced it before. Never tested it out. It was a ten minute like TED talk on how World War One started, and it was like, and it was like. Dude, it was like, like there's a few of us, like my girlfriend at the time was a big history buff and she was dying and like everyone else was just like, what? <laughs> and the, and the punchline at the end, this is the way he tried to save it. He goes, world war one was gay. That's it. That was it. <laughs> That's oh, what God. I'm trying to say. World war one is pretty gay. Oh, <laughs> You're like, well, I thought this guy was smart. Yeah, wow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly not. He didn't have his smart car yet. So. It was so ridiculous You can actually You can see that set It's on steamboatcomedy.com We have that show recorded uh, To skip towards the end Oh god That was so funny But yeah I forgot about that But yeah His his one was great Uh, But the second show So Start with me. I had a lot better set. Like we were talking about before, and then well, let's Kendra. take let's take a minute there. Let's so okay. were you feeling relaxed? And I yeah, was oh, like, I felt, what was your mindset difference going first show, second show? I felt a hundred percent more relaxed, and and also yeah, and uh, cutting out like I said, cutting out that opening bit, I felt way more confident with that because the only reason I put it in there 
was because I usually I try to start sets with like a quick joke to try like immediately get the energy up and then kind of go into longer ones. Yep. But I, I when I cut it, I thought about it and I was like, oh well, the other joke actually is pretty quick because the the first little joke where I'm like, it's uh, the cows protect us from wild animals and that includes Texans. <laughs> like that's that's pretty quick off the bat and that got a really good response too. As mm-hmm. soon as that happened, I was like, oh, so the plan that I came up with is working so far and go from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, just generally, I I felt better, just more relaxed about everything, too. And so, like watching other people do comedy and get laughs makes me feel a lot better. Like we did uh, when we did the New Year's Eve show at The Chief, which uh, uh, Drew was the host for. And I was up last and Matt was right before me and I was working a whole bunch and I hadn't had time to practice. So we were in the green room and everyone was hanging out. And I went and did, do you remember? I went and I hid in the corner. I was like, no one talked to me. And I sat in the corner behind a curtain and I just wrote out my whole set for an hour. Yeah, like 17 pages. <laughs> <laughs> my comedy set list literally looks like a rock and roll set list. Yes. It has oh, like yeah. just the name of the joke. That's yeah. all. Me, you have, me, you have pages. You're like, right? Yeah, me and Drew's writing styles. Like, I write out literally every single word of what I'm going to say. And Drew's like, Farts. All right, that'll remind me of the fart joke. <laughs> I, was, I was telling you that night. I was like, "Dude, you've written more in that green room than I wrote in four years of college, <laughs> two-year college." For real. And uh, but that was like, I hadn't had any time to practice because this was during the holidays. I was working like crazy, so I was just like, "You guys, like, I gotta get in my zone." And I, I finished writing, and people were like going up and coming back one at a time. They're like, "Ooh, like this was great." And I was getting so nervous. I was so nervous. And eventually I just like stopped and I went out to like the back of the theater. And smoked crack. And I smoked a fucking fat rip of crack. (laughs) I was, I watched Matt. I watched Matt go up before me and I watched like the last two thirds of his set. And it's like watching him immediately. I lost like 90% of my nerves. I was just like, oh yeah, like we're having fun. Yeah. Like comedy is fun and we're going to have a good time. Right. Like, Especially for a guy like Matt too. Cause he's unbelievably relaxed. On oh, stage. he's so relaxed. Yeah. We're all wound up and pre-scripted and everything. Yeah. Or at least I, that's the way I feel on stage. But yeah, like Matt's so fucking relaxed. Same with Drew too. Mm-hmm. Especially with your voice that you were doing last night. That's not your usual voice. You had this light complainy Jew voice where you're just like, Oh, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, so like, you got a high pitch. <laughs> we thought it was because of your back. Like you're going on stage, like everything's fine. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, great. it worked out great. I'm not comfortable at all. I'm nervous as shit. I'm sweating like crazy. I'm worried. I'm Your back was drenched. <laughs> Your shirt was drenched. Oh, yeah. I gave you a pat on the back, and oh, it was yeah. so gross. I noticed that when you walked <laughs> up. I was like, oh, man, just because I've had that so many times. <laughs> just covered in sweat. We, you, look at this show. Look at everybody. We were joking about this last night. Of You want to know who the performers are? Who's sweating the most and who's pacing around frantically, yeah. right? Like, that's it. That's yeah, that's, that's why I wore a white tank top, man. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually just switched my shirt. I didn't even, I just put that shirt on. But I was, it was, it was my back, which was in the sun. No, I was in the sun. You don't have to explain yourself. Uh, but no, I, you know, thank you for, I'm glad I give off that persona that I'm comfortable because I'm anything but. I'm a nervous wreck. I'm usually uh, hours before the show. So, like, yesterday around noon. 
11 o'clock in the morning, noon. I'm really nervous. And then usually as the, the, it gets closer to the show, that goes away. I don't know why I'm more nervous earlier than the day than I am right as it's coming up to the show, but yeah. that just seems to be how it is. Um, and then I also, you know, it's not, we don't have open mic nights. So there's like plenty of like lots of time to, to learn my set and it's a lot of times I procrastinate and I don't do it and then I'm like oh and I got to go up with notes in my hand and I can't remember I made sure for this show since there was so much time that I should have it memorized always so every time you're performing for an audience you should never have paper in front you of you shouldn't. it's so tasteless but sometimes and that's not a knock like, on you no it's just like a knock on the show of like you got the producer working hard and uh, yeah. they bring it up and like Okay, maybe Dave Chappelle, maybe, but like that's Dave Chappelle's show. Yeah. But it's like when comedians get up with their notebooks, it's like, why am I here? Like, go do this in a mirror. Like, I, I'm dedicating my time to come watch you yeah. do this, and you're reading off paper. Don't do it. Put the put the paper on the ground. Don't pick it up. Well, yeah. So that's yeah. What, yeah I learned that from some of the the guys I've opened for, um, who didn't usually have notes, but if they did, they'll, they'll just they put it on a totally flat different surface story. where you can't see yeah. it, and then they go back and take a drink of water, like they're thirsty, and they just maybe yeah. look down and go, okay, yeah, that, and they yeah. got like something like me farts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny yeah. you said that because the joke I made last night about have you ever farted so loud that the person next to you stopped snoring. Um, <laughs> That's literally how it was written on my piece of paper. Well, it's a, it, <laughs> it was well, farts. <laughs> Pat, Pat's definitely right. I mean, you wouldn't take an actor seriously that was just holding it right in front of him. It's just like, well, anybody can do that. Like, I was sitting in my fucking chair just going over this at the speed. Like, it took me, like, I think four minutes, 35 seconds was my set. Yeah, it was something think, like that. Yeah, I was doing it in, like, my lazy boy at home in two-minute increments. <laughs> just trying to break down what every transition is, what every um, transition word would be, and everything like that. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. yeah. the last time I put a notepad up, you know what it was? I was drunk on stage. Oh, buddy. Yep. It was when I was at the Montana, uh, not Montana, sorry, uh, Steamboat Whiskey Company. When yes. we did our first show there, I had one too many cocktails beforehand, and all of a sudden, Kendra was before me, and I was after her, and it started to sink. I was like, oh, no. What did I do? Yeah, that's and not a good I, feeling. I go on stage, and if you remember, I had the notepad right there. Uh -huh. I said my jokes, but it was all like very listy. And it was like I was just going through it. sounds it, like you're reading. Just trying yeah. to be like, just stay calm and make sure you don't slur your words. But there was no timing to it or anything. Yeah. So it was that point I was just like, I'm not, it, there's no point in doing this unless I go up there with nothing. Yeah. No, it bugs me. There's still some, You do it all the time to me, too. You'll be like, Reed, put your notebook down. Yeah, I try to. And I there's a few people in the group who will still bring up notes a lot. And it, it really bugs me. Um, it's not, I'm not going to like say the, like you can't do it. Cause it's I don't I'm just not in that kind of business of telling people how they should perform, uh, but it does it does irk me a little bit. Well, it's a tough conversation to have. I had it one time with a very talented comedian, yeah. Joke the Oak, and he's amazing. He's super funny, but he brought it out. It was a packed house show, um, and it, Joke at the Oak was a show I ran in Chicago. It was a room that held about eighty people, and we would consistently get seventy to eighty people yeah. every show. And he brings it out, and I and I asked him, "Hey, man, I, like, is there a reason that you had your notebook?" And he's like, "Oh, I just can't remember all of this stuff all the time." I go, "Okay, well, is that 
is there something going on that I'm because if that's the condition, you have to have that. Right. Okay. I try to be a bit sensitive about it. Sure. And he goes, oh, well, he goes, I've seen some really famous comedians do it. And I was like, well, you're not. <laughs> yeah, that's not you. That's and there's exactly. other, there's yeah. three other comedians there. And they're like, yeah, man, what are you talking about? You're not Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You're not, <laughs> like, that's not, you're not like working out new material. We've seen you do this material many times. Right. And then, and then he stopped doing it. And yeah. It was great. It's, but if it's your show and you're asking people to do it, Take the time to get to understand if there's something going on with the performance they need and assist. Right. Which, if that's the case, just make it easier for them, right? Because then they're going to perform better. Your show's going to be better. Right. Uh, but You'd if be not, able to do shit off the fly you say, "Hey, if you don't, you know, if you can't do this, then I'm sorry. Then I, I'm just not going to have a spot for you." Yeah. And that and is so it's that's actually personal. It's just this is what I'm trying to build, and I'm putting in a lot of work. Uh, and if you can't show me the mutual respect, then I'm just you know we'll figure something else out maybe down the road. But right. thanks, but no thanks. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's something that. I've always like thought about and but I have had people come up to me who have been to shows and they're like, You don't use notes and I appreciate that versus so and so and I was like, Right on, you know. Well you're working so hard. It's just a lot of work to put on shows and people don't understand that. A lot of comedians yeah. have no clue how much work goes into putting on a show and the fact that you had to run everything by just for this show to make sure everyone feels safe and it's COVID compliant yeah. and all these exterior conditions that you really have no control over. But you're the one who has to do it. It's your name on it. Right. And so it's like, they, it's like, wow, like I'm so great. Like I'm my friends were like, well, so you just drove the show hundred percent. Yes. I drove the show. Like I have this opportunity to perform in an amazing place that someone worked really hard on and I get to show up and I just get to tell jokes like things that I've already worked on. Like I, I, absolutely. And so, it's it's a challenging role as a producer, but I think you do it well. And I just I forgot Thank my you, podium for that it. little speech, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's your show. You run it how you want to run it. All Kyle right. could do better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for keeping me humble, Reed. I appreciate it. Um, Our second show, though. Let's yeah, uh, say, let's get the rest of so the show. So me, all the comics. We established that I was terrible. Moving on, it was Kendra was next. Yeah, and I was really proud of Kendra. Yeah, it was great because work. it was she got Ken- back on the horse. Kendra's first show in probably about six months since like pandemic time, and uh, she was really nervous about it. And she's been working a lot, so she was stressed. And she uh, she came over here, and her and I and Reed too. Uh, we went through her set with her and like helped her build her set for two different days for multiple hours. And like she was running through it. Like we probably saw her do all those jokes. I don't know, 30 times. Yeah. Like she, she really put in the work with she us. She had, she, I was really proud of her too. She had a very wordy uh, set, a very, Involved set when, especially when, like, remember the rant that she did about the, like the craft beer, yeah, the Amarillo the- dry hop, yeah. something session. I've heard her say it 700 Fishman, times, yeah, I should know it. Yeah, that alone, <laughs> we went over that whole shtick. A goddamn maybe like, 50 times seriously in one night like we just said like start it again start it again yeah. start she'd, it again she'd fumble and we'd be like start it again sentence by sentence just because oh, yeah. it was that much of a wordy rant because yeah. the whole point of the joke is that she has to do it fast yeah. for the dumb texans she's serving yeah so she <laughs> had to get that down specifically also i like and that she we, crushed it too. yeah and, and she she had a very physical act yeah so i'm glad that we uh mapped it out in the garage yeah and we put the carpet down and every time she got off the carpet we're like start again you're in the lawn now like, you're too like, far <laughs> like literally the, the carpet that's on the stage is usually on the floor in our garage. And she was first doing that bit and she was running all over. And I was like, Kendra, this stage is only six feet wide. I was like, you see that, that piece of carpet? That's Do so it good. on that and it's don't get off it. establishing a mental anchor. Exactly. Especially that's the one you're using on stage. It's mm. a great exercise. Dude, Kendra yep. worked really hard on her set. Yeah. I'm really proud of her. Coronavirus safe, six feet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, coronavirus. <laughs> no one can be infected by the stage. Six feet, man. 
Yeah. So you guys, so you worked with her a lot on that. So Kennedy, she did, I thought she did great. She did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really proud of her. Awesome job. Uh, was very confident. Remembered all the things that she was stumbling with. The wordy stuff. She did great on. The her physical comedy. I think that she could focus on that more because she is a very animated person. Oh, she's a giraffe. Man. She's yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> for real. She's she's she's, she's like be insulted by that or. <laughs> She, I can quote this. She said that she was higher than giraffe pussy on stage. <laughs> She's a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, or at least it's pussy. I don't know. Uh, so that was great. And then who was after? So after Kendra, it was Andre. Mm-hmm. Andre had a pretty good set. He went a little over. You got to go, bud? Yeah. Hey, thanks a bunch for coming Drew, by. Happy buddy. birthday, homie. Great job. Yeah. Thanks, it was Drew's birthday yesterday, too. Happy birthday. <laughs> See you, bud. Um, so Andre did pretty well. Um, he went a little over, and we were trying to signal him, and he kind of blew it off, which irritated me. wasn't as egregious as Spencer last time, but it was definitely over. Well, and me too last time. I oh, that was fine. <laughs> I mean, that was the end of the second show, and it was like, we don't have to go anywhere, so it didn't matter to me at all. Um, Andre was hitting hard. He was hitting the uh, – what, he did the abortion. He did – Yeah, Andre. he's got his, his shtick with the, the – Rough sense of humor, and which got, I think worked uh, well for the second crowd. There were a lot yeah. more younger. Second people crowd the second enjoyed crowd. it. Sure, it did. Mm-hmm. If like, for the okay. first crowd, it probably wouldn't have played as much. I don't think so. Yeah, I. Uh, no, definitely not. He would have tanked. Yes. Whenever I'm putting a lineup together, I always have to think about like who Andre is going to come before and after to oh, like right. to like level out the vibes. Like oh, yeah. usually, I'll put him in a sandwich with like. Uh, like Kendra and Miles is how I used to do it all the time because they're both like a lot more lighthearted and like high energy and silly. And then you get Andre like, murder. (laughs) (laughs) And the next version comes up and brings it back up. So it it works well to have that kind of different voice in there. Uh, And then after, so after Andre was Mac and Mac did great, except for fucking. I had to turn the volume all the way up so anyone could hear him because he's like, oh, very man, quiet. It's about. part of his humor, though. It's it part is. of how he presents his awkwardness, and I totally get it. But even then, like, I turned back to you. I was like, can we turn it up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I saw, I turned it up, and then I went back to you, and you're like, turn it up. And I was like, I already did. And I had to go turn it up more. <laughs> well, that's important mic work, right? And I think that's yeah. something that I had to learn early is just the proper handling of a microphone. Even where we're doing the thing, and I noticed Drew pull that back. Yeah. It's just a tendency of hey yeah. because it makes a huge difference. Oh, Sound it does makes a totally huge difference. So yeah, and uh, I mean that's one thing that drives me nuts too is uh, Jared does a lot of people do where they hold I'm holding like like this where they grip the top like a rapper does or whatever, uh-huh. and it's uh, it's not how these uh, directional microphones work. Like it muffles it. Like you have to have there's a field that comes out this way and a field that comes out this way, and you got to have both or else it's like muffled. Yeah. It's actually a funny story. So I. Um, I worked at a PBS station in college uh, as like an internship thing. And one of the guys there, because uh, they're all AV guys, he knew a guy who worked on Snoop Dogg's uh, tour when he would tour. Sick. Yeah, right? And uh, Snoop Dogg would always do that. He would hold the top of the mic and you couldn't hear it. So the way they got him to hold it lower is they built him like a blinged out like grip handle. Is that thing. why he has that? Yeah. I thought he was just doing that because he's Snoop. Well, he, but he needs that as a tool. Well, they, I think if they were like Snoop, you got to hold it lower. He'd be like, no, man, I don't do that. But they're like, Snoop, check out this awesome handle we made. He'd be like, hell yeah, pimpin'. And then he just puts his hands in there and then he holds it right. So and they, it's a bubbler too, Snoop. Yeah, right. What? So they, 
they tricked him into holding the microphone correctly. That basically. is hilarious. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right. Um, so Matt was quiet. So Matt was quiet, but he was funny. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of his bits offhand. Salad. Oh yeah, the he has he his his one liners that he started out with at the beginning uh, were all really good. Those land very well. Oh yeah. It's like I can't tell if I get full from a salad or I just get tired of chewing. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was good. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That got a good response. He had a good, uh, a couple good bits like that, and his his Viking bit is great too because he looks like he's like a big burly guy with a beard, and he's just like, yeah, I might, I'm just gonna kill you, and yeah. he like does his little stabby motion. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, that's a good bit of his. And then after that was Matt, uh, which Matt's always good. He's consistent. He's got his stoner shtick down so well, um, and he's got a great mind for like joke writing and not just like coming up with punchlines but like fitting it in with like his persona you know what i mean oh sure like if i went up there and just like read his jokes it wouldn't land the same because oh not at all i don't look like a fucking burnout like he does (laughs) you know what i mean uh and so he does that really well and he's he's consistent that's why i pretty much always give him those 10 minute spots i just wish he would drop that fucking notebook it drives me crazy his jokes are hilarious psychedelics the saying the wrong name in bed yeah. It's so funny. Oh my god, he does a bit. I he didn't do it this time. I don't think I may have been off peeing, but he does this bit about uh how he misses uh the way we used to buy drugs as opposed to dispensaries. Oh yeah. And he does this whole thing where he comes in, they're like, Can I see some IDs? Just like, you know what, it would be best if we don't use names. Yeah. And he just <laughs> yes. and he lays it out like it's it's old fashioned. It is so Perfect. It's such yeah. a hilarious Colorado analogy. It's great. And again, like his attitude has to match his jokes. Like yes. he's very much like Mitch Hedberg. He doesn't need segway segues. Mm-hmm. He can just go from one thing to the other. Like right. And he'll even just like point out his like ridiculous segues that don't make any sense. <laughs> I'm just like, you guys got through the masturbation jokes. That's good. Yeah. And then he you know moves on. So he's great. I wish he would just kind of expand a little more. Um, but he's starting to do some new stuff. Uh, but yeah. He's great. He's he's so I can always count on Matt yep. to give me a consistent good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was this guy named Pat, which I found out is actually an acronym uh. earlier. Oh wait, is that, <laughs> is that insider information? <laughs> it stands for Patrick Actual Title. Nice, Kyle. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> nah, it's you know we were talking about how when you say the joke and people don't laugh, you think it's gonna go really well. Uh-huh. That happened on the second set for me. I, f- I forget what I said, but I was imagining in my mind this is gonna crush right away because on the first show I said you never know what you're gonna get at a free comedy show in the park, right? Uh-huh. Just to, like that was great. We're off to the race. Yeah, and I fumbled right on the first snap, Denver Broncos style, <laughs> like right over yep. the head, and I started to feel that panic of oh no, oh no, this is uh oh, and then I, I don't know if you noticed, but I started mumbling and I started stuttering uh-huh. because I it didn't hit, and I started to get in my head, and then thank goodness I locked onto the big fellow from Texas, mm-hmm. and then I just went right into it because then I was normally I was just I was gonna say. I like to start a show by telling people in the audience what I like about them. But if you watch the playback, I'm stuttering through that sentence. And and I realize that. But then once I found that, it's because I had that first one. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm going to rock this first one. Right. And it didn't hit at all. You know, It's and, amazing how much it throws you off if your first oh, joke yeah. doesn't hit. Yeah. yeah. And then it was kind of an interview. I just thought about this. We started the show. The sun had gone down behind the mountains, but it was still twilight. We could still see. And then it got 
dark fast. You got to go dark real sudden, fast. Like, I, all of a sudden, I couldn't see anybody. And that was really odd. That was yeah. a very eerie... It was funny because like, I introduced you, and I could see the whole audience. And then after you left, or like after you got done, I went up again, and it was pitch black. Yeah, I, I could was see like, was the lights. Could, yeah, I could see anything. I was like, well, that got really different. And really I quick. really liked seeing everybody. Yeah. Uh, really, and then I, well, especially you know, if I, you're trying to do crowd work, it's hard to be crowded to yeah. a black mass. You know, and then I got <laughs> into my story, uh, which I was way too long, and it was I started to get in my head uh, on stage while uh. I was doing that. And so... Uh, then I started going back and forth between it with Andy, of just like trying to make a game of that. Which which worked though. Again, it was funny. You have really great crowd work. You just that's a joke all of its own. You'd say something, and be like, Andy, what are we at? She's like, a minutes has surpassed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy was a timekeeper like, last night. Yeah, you're like you're at twelve, and then he was like, you're at thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, seven more minutes. Wait, thirteen minutes to go, or thirteen minutes I've been up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it worked out. Yeah, that was funny. Fine, mm. fun, but it was I. My goals, I told you, were the I had two jokes. The first show was the joke of the uh, aircraft radar uh, because that was on the drive to Craig. There's like four of those. Hilarious. When you you talked to it, I was like, cool, that's the one because I was thinking about that driving in town. And then I just wanted to play with the crowd and just have fun and just like have a conversation with people and just come up with stuff on the spot. It's not – I don't want to dump on people. I want to have a good time with them. So like even when I call the guy – Colonel Sanders, right? I had Colonel Sanders. And yeah. Well, the guy was yep. by himself. I didn't want to make feel make him feel bad. So I started with uh, your. I feel like I would call you Papa, and I would <laughs> tell you my problems. You look like such a nice guy, yeah. and then you'll give me some fried chicken afterwards, right? Right, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, how many things can I think of on the spot here, mm. and then just have have a good time with that. Sure, uh, awesome. So it was, uh, but again, I couldn't have done any of it if you hadn't put on such a great show oh well thanks bud i mean Absolutely. i'm i'm really glad that uh that we got you to come back again and um where like i said we keep having these great turnouts i was really i was really paranoid that this one wasn't gonna sell out uh even though i knew it was the same thing everyone waits to the last minute uh to sign up for stuff and the only reason that i was worried about it is because i put out the sign up sheet like way earlier than last time and i was like it's not full yet <laughs> i was like yeah it's been two days and the show's in two weeks like yeah. <laughs> you know uh, well, that's cool. I just thought of this, man. I'm so grateful to you for this opportunity because it really helps me find my voice. Sure. And it's also like I'm not set on, oh, man, I need to have my 45 minutes. And, oh, Kyle asked me to do this show. I do my 45 minutes. I can't come back for another year. Instead, it's here's it. I don't need to have a lot of material prepared. I just need to have little snippets here and there, and I can then play with it and sure. have a good time and like, be so comfortable, uh, which just opens a lot of doors because when I started – I thought, oh, I've got to have this very well thought out bit. I have to hit every word just as we were talking. I'll still right. do that. Mm-hmm. Like I make sure. But now I'm realizing, okay, that's not my strength. My strength is just the natural flow and just trusting it and just kind of, I'm really just kind of saying my thoughts out loud. Sure. Really, I'm not saying like I'm some kind of savant. It's just enjoyable for me. And it's, wow, okay, I have all these. Explore this, Pat. Yeah. This is what my friends tell me I'm funny. This is what my friends say, Pat, just talk. Don't. Okay, your jokes are. They go. Your jokes are nice, Pat, but just talk. Yeah, just, just be say, you. Be just yourself. be you and have a good time. And, and I feel like that kind of thing. It's uh, the audience picks up on it if you're just being yourself and you're flowing. Like I, I feel like audiences respond to uh, genuinity. Is that a word? Being genuine. Being yes. Genuine. They're like babies. If the parents nervous, the baby's gonna be nervous. Sure. Yeah. Or like if you like are nervous around a dog, then the dog's gonna be like it can pick up on your vibes. And it's gonna bite you in the neck. And it's yeah. gonna bite you right in your penis. <laughs> 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 happened to you? Happened to me. <laughs> 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 
I just it was uh, it was so much fun and just that's the great thing we were talking about earlier, like the mutual respect of a show. If you got a producer like yourself who's really putting in the time and setting up a nice operation, it's a it's you're setting people up to succeed and you're setting people up to to, to develop themselves and to have a good time and so uh, just please don't I, I hope you don't ever feel bad about approaching a conversation with a comedian you just have to do it diplomatically but like you keep running that you're creating a lot of opportunities for people oh, thanks Maybe man gratefully it just like last night I was so happy with how everything went last night and I was just on cloud nine hanging out just having so much fun and just feeling so comfortable yeah. uh, as opposed to feeling uncomfortable for so long at open mics where 22 year olds wouldn't even look up from their phones yeah. to see what I was trying to do and for going from that to to sold out shows in a beautiful setting with an educated audience and it was just very fulfilling right? because you, as a comedian you go through the process of open mics and we all bomb we still it, it always happens and we go through it and you, we question our will it's the power to keep going mm. and then you have these cool experiences like what you created last night and it reinforces i got to keep going i have to keep like sure. there is a light at the end of the tunnel not it's a very bright light and there's a whole beautiful land in that light and i just got to keep going i just got to get through this sledge right, right. now the brown river sledging. throwing through i got to dive <laughs> in there and i got to swim through it but mm. i'll get there and wow i'm going to be stronger i'm going to be better i'm going to be happier and so and by you creating such a wonderful show you are uh, giving that opportunity to a lot of different people thank you man oh man it's literally the it's literally the like one of the main reasons i moved back here is because Kyle's created a zone where we can practice and perform and become better comedians and explore this art but we don't have to live in fucking LA or yeah, Chicago yeah. or New York like right. my mom always says all the time like oh, why haven't you gone to one of those places like because i lived in montana and i'm spoiled now right. you know where oh, yeah. Kyle's created this perfect middle ground yeah it's such a supportive community like it's amazing oh my God. how much people are into it here yeah it, it's it's really something special for such a a small isolated community with a lot of really smart talented people right but i'm also short so i gotta balance it out <laughs> not perfect he's a shower not a grower that's right <laughs> that was such a great joke <laughs> i was very proud of that was, no i like, really liked it all right well i guess we can just wrap it up on that we've been going for a while oh, sure. um thank you again pat thanks yeah. for joining us for uh me. thank you it's everyone good. who helped set up the show and everyone who came out and uh stay tuned we got another show potentially lined up for a month from now and we may or may not have some big fancy pants people from new york coming out to headline we'll see Look new york city from new york city <laughs> we'll see if i can i might actually be able to afford to have them now after i lied and said i could before <laughs> so we'll see all right hell yeah dude they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna listen they're gonna go they're gonna this is exactly what's gonna happen they're like kyle's gonna want us to do the podcast let's listen to the episode he just did Oh, he was lying to us? Yeah, that <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> you don't have any money. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks again, guys. Stay tuned. SteamboatComedy.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace. All right. Peace, peace. Rain or shine, it's here to make you laugh. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast. It's the Steamboat Comedy Podcast.